Stephen, do your thing. Beginning of Act Two. Whoop, whoop. Second of Baracus. I couldn't make it. Host, forgive me and please understand what I am going through. I lasted nearly five days. Isn't that enough? I tried. I truly did. <coughs> the dreams have come now every single time sleep takes me, but somehow worse are the visions while I'm awake every single day, whether at the training grounds with the new recruits, on guard duty outside the city walls, maintaining the armory, gambling with the men at Clifftop Peak, even attending daily sermons at the pavilion from those three holy folk the host left to guide us. Every single day, I see them. Faces of those I've killed, faces of those I've failed to protect, faces from my past and present and my future, all watching me and judging the actions I've done, the actions I've needed to do. When the three spoke on forgiveness, I watched Cordry fall from the ceiling to the marble floor, right there on the raised dais for all to see. But of course, only I could. Uh, he screams, Jesus. Uh, his screams rang through the hall, and I could hardly make out the ramblings and how the host guides our hands through our spirits and honor. Spirits, I can understand. Honor is harder for me now. They talked about how honor is what separates men from boys and gods beyond all of us. This was punctuated by Puelto gasping for air and clawing at her burning flesh from the wyvern venom in the pew right next to me. The three spoke long about the sacrifices of the host and the betrayals of the six and how if we do not temper our rage with honorable action, then we are not soldiers of Dorne but instead beating to the Fury's own erratic heartbeat. How if we do not share our wealth with our neighbors, that we are not vassals of Kol Koran, but rather enthralled by the Keeper and his all-consuming greed that leads to the downfall of all civilizations. That if we do not expand our minds and follow natural law and order, that we are not children of Orion, but heathens of the Traveler, that black piper in the night whose song carries away those whose hearts are impure. All of this said in hymn and song with calls to action and empathetic responses from the onlookers. And all the while I watch as a noose drops around a halfling woman's neck and is pulled tight, then up, up, up though her feet are nailed to the stonework, so she does not lift and just stretches and stretches until, do you, do you want me to, me to do two pages? You do two or just one one on one still? I'm fine with whatever. Okay, so I'll, I'll do one more then. Somebody asked if I was okay and I noticed that all was quiet. And, and again, everybody feel free to interrupt at any point in time as I imagine you would if Norwin was saying something and something interesting comes up, feel free to jump in if you want. Well, as you know, something interesting comes up. <laughs> I'm joking. Somebody asked if I was okay, but I just punched Stephen in the balls. <laughs> I noticed that all was quiet. <laughs> his shrieks, his shrieks. Somebody asked if I was okay, and I noticed that all was quiet. And I was standing. 
And apparently I just shouted something, probably an inane warning to a threat that none else could see. The fellow asked again, a face I did not know, so I did not answer. But I felt my cheeks turning red from embarrassment first, then anger. As I turned to leave the pavilion, I finally noticed whose neck that noose had looped around. That priestess of Bulgeri that had recommended this journaling. In an instant, my anger intensified as I was overcome with the urge to spit on her fool ideas. But then I cooled when I saw her eyes. With, wide with surprise, but not the irritation or mockery of the others in the crowd. She remembered my face and my plight. I could tell by the concern in those golden irises. My anger vanished and the embarrassment came again as I exited. The next hour was a blur of nothingness as I sat on an iron bench outside around the back of the pavilion and through a couple alleys. Far enough to not bear the gazes of the people as they streamed from the sermon, but close enough that I could rest my eyes against closed fists. Then I felt it. A hand on my knee and a voice. Are you all right? Is all she said. And it was her again. I asked how she found me. And she only said it was a little boon from Bouldre. And lifted her necklace proudly displaying the hearth symbol of her lost mistress. We sat and she talked. And talked. And bloody well talked some more. It was as if Savine had made three copies of himself and shoved them all into this woman's halfling form. But you know what? I just listened. It was nice. She sat next to me and kicked her legs like a child, though I'm told the smaller folk don't like being compared in such a way. But there was something so pure about her that I could not help but be taken in. She finally asked the words I knew, or the, uh, she finally asked the question I knew was coming eventually. How are you? Three damned words. She asked how I was sleeping and I lied. She asked if the dreams went away and I lied. She asked me if the visions had ceased and I lied. Then I realized she'd outplayed me. I'd never told her anything of the daytime visions before. My anger rose within me like a wave and I almost smashed her skull against the bench right then and there, but she was smiling a wicked little impish grin that forced a calm. Said she guessed it all along, and my display in the pavilion had proven the theory. She offered to be an ear to listen if I ever needed to talk, and, and you know what? Journaling wasn't working, so I figured talking might. Or if not talking, then at least sharing the truth. So I agreed to meet that night and bring my journal, this very one, ending with the last entry. I knew it would damn me more than anything else, but I didn't care. Sleep was all but a forgotten memory at this point anyway. I made a promise that what I made her promise that what she read would remain between us. And she, she swore an official oath, which apparently is something important to these holy folk. I returned to my ruined bedroom and collected the journal, bathed for the first time in weeks, and made my way to the address she left. Turns out it was her own place, high in the Silverlight District. We talked some more, she made tea from some distant land, and I felt myself relaxing. Her home was cozy, made more so by the low ceilings and doorways of this district compared to my much taller figure and wider frame. 
We spoke of light things at first, but I think I've forgotten how to have normal conversation. Even Sabine hasn't been to see me since returning from the steps, though I'm supposed to meet with him and my brethren for the hunt in a couple days more. But anyway, I wasn't talking much. Suppose she was finally out of things to say herself and offered to read what I'd written. Almost didn't give it to her. By the host, I wish I did give it to her. But of course I did. Handed it over like I was slamming Orion's gavel myself. Before she opened it, she did some blessing where she threw a sheaf of wheat into the crackling hearth. It flared up a silver flame as bright as the sun for a moment before receding to normal to normal hues. Silver flame. Maybe that's yeah. where it comes from. I was curious about that. Yeah. I remember her looking a bit puzzled at that, like even she hadn't quite expected such a reaction from a normal thing. But then she made her way out with my book. Yeah. So I followed sullenly like a big depressed mastiff pup after its master's heels, begging for scraps. Gods, I must have looked pathetic. We sat and she read. And she read. And read. And I watched her face the whole time. And despite her best efforts, I could tell. I knew far before she reached the end that this was a mistake. It was it was all a mistake. The way her brows knit, her gaze averting from the page for a moment, the quickening of her breaths, the flush to her cheeks. She did not like what she read, and she would condemn me for it. And with her condemnation would come death, or prison, or worse. Then, just behind her, clear as the moon in the clouded sky it appeared. A black figure made of shadow and nightmare, a head like a mass of gray gauze, indistinct lower body but arms that were crossed over its chest. Had no eyes, but by the host I knew it was peering straight at me. Through me. It rose from the stone floor behind her as she reached the last page and it loomed large enough that it could have been the shadow of some great wild beast. And it spoke to me in my head. She will betray you. See the way she judges you even now? She will send you to the dark where you will never find rest. There's but one way. A noose dropped from above to fit loosely around her neck. The shadow figure tightened it with slow but methodical movements, making sure to never touch her. Then it looked at me again, and I felt my heart beat more quickly than in any battle I'd ever seen. Do it. She finished the last page and swallowed dust from a dry mouth. It would not meet my eye. You will rest well tonight. Good thing her home was so high in a tower, and the night air was nice enough that we were out on the balcony. It only took a moment to clasp my hand around her mouth and throw her down the side. I sit now in my ruined room again and write this all down before it is too late. I still have not caught my breath after an hour. I'm sure people heard her shriek during the long fall. I have found her body by now. If this act does not bring me sleep, then I will do the same to myself tomorrow and end this misery once and for all. I think that was the beginning of the silver flamey, guys. You do? Heart, a little a little wheat in a fire? Uh. Mm.
religion. When, mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm saying I believe you. Yep. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an insult, though, if the silver flame actually came from something people used to do for the host? Yeah, the host, the one that um, Claymore liked. ROI. ROI. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't the wheat? Didn't she do that for ROI or something one time that, or whatnot? Yeah, isn't that what the story just said? Or did I miss here? She is the princess of Boldre. 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 Boldre is the, so- right. the sovereign of hearth and and, and home. Uh, Guts, wheat. I don't know, man. <clears throat> They're all the same. You're as, on the right track. I threw even, it off. As um, Norman just mentioned there, um, Boldre was what Eskel followed. Mm. <laughs> Well, I but, can see him joining us. That's what Claymore was all about. Valnor and, and, and ROI were both of mm-hmm. both of Claymore's, yes. Yeah. See anyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. I will admit, I could see <clears throat> Esk joining the Silver Flame. Those goody two shoes. He didn't even get touched. I'm pretty sure he's already part of the Silver Flame. Very true. Very true. Him and Ludo, old buddies. Yep, the Silver yep, Flame yep. is very defeatist, though, if you ask me. That the world can't be any brighter. That you can only so like shine away the darkness that already exists to reveal what is, not anything that is better. You can't improve anything with the Silver Flame. You can only just try to get it as close to the way it was as you can. Didn't say we liked them, just said they exist. Yes, but... And we go to their sermons with our free time. My point is, I don't... I couldn't imagine Eskel prescribing to that. Mm. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That makes he, sense. He He's all about the opposite of that. Bringing light to where there is none, and mm-hmm. not just uncovering the crap that was covering the light. And then you can light other people's torches and whatnot. Yes. He seems to shine a little brighter than a dull flame. I do like Eskel quite a bit. I love him like a brother, but I will admit that time in the canyon with the orcs did skew my perception a touch. Yes. Not all of us are infallible. No, just me. Finally, yes. I wish. Oh, good. We do have a recording. <laughs> um, well, if you had a problem with what we ran into with that pass, then prepare yourself for what we run into at the steps. Shall I? Yes. For anyone. Mm-hmm. Third of Baracus, next day. I have never slept so soundly in all my life. The dreams that came to me were gentle things of color and light. My mother's kisses and father's strong hand on my shoulder. My praise was sung after a sticking glumacord of the golden, and three huge dragon heads decorated the mantle. Within the heart, there was a bright flame that removed all all shadow from the place. And for once I was free, free, free. And then the silvery light spoke to me, not in whispers like the shadows, not even in words, but in feeling, emotion. And I remembered all that I had done 
and the terror consume me. The light beckons softly despite the intense glow offering something, but I know it is not for me. I do not deserve it. I shun it. And I awoke with a start. Daylight, bright and pure, blue skies and bird calls. I'd slept through the night and nearly to lunch. My stomach grumbled in complaint just now as I sit here writing this and I find myself hungry for the first time. The mirror on my dresser shows a face with fewer lines and the hint of a smile. Yes, I know what to do. I have sensed the steps, just needed to be reminded. The hunt is only tomorrow. I'm sure I can wait till then. Fifth of Ron. So those of you who are following the thing, that's a that's little a over month. a month, month, a little, little later. Mm -hmm. Fifth of Ron. That fucker Savine. If not for him, I'd be fine, but he's always around, always watching me. I act like I don't notice, but how can't I? He must know. Impossible, but he must. So he must die. I just need to be careful. I've had little need nor desire to write for nearly a month. It was a good month. Last thing I wrote about was Balinor's hunt, which seems so long ago already. I can't even remember who won it. All I remember are the faces of the three men I killed from my seven-person crew. Stuck with an arrow, mauled by a dire bear, fell from the top of a tree. Officially, all accidents, errors in judgment, or mistakes. We retreated back home in shame, and I accepted the beratement of the wardens. Shame that none of them were important enough to bring back to the living, seeing as though diamonds are in short supply and must be kept for the continued effort against our true enemies. Of course, I'd hand-selected them for just this reason. I got the blame, but no formal discipline, so I skipped the feast entirely and moped back to my home and had the best five days of sleep I'd ever gotten. By Anatar's forge, if I could go back to then and relive those nights, three lives and only five nights, though. The shadow was greedy. The two days after those five, were filled with visions and dreams. There was no steady increase, only constant bombardment. I woke on the sixth morning to my room filled with every single body I've watched die in the past months and the great being of darkness loomed over me. It reached out a long finger and touched my bare chest and I felt pain, real pain, as my heart stopped for a moment. I remember screaming and kicking at the beast and my foot connecting with something solid. But then a moment later, it was gone. But black tendrils of necrosis had spread from where the claw had entered and they remain even now, weeks later. Mark, reminder. Every day and night, it appeared to me more and more frequently. And when it was not visible, it whispered to me from the shadows or sent visions and nightmares to torment me. I remember one particularly bad one where that priestess hung from my ceiling by noose with legs kicking frantically while Cordry and Puerto and Crom held me down. Hundreds of spiders poured from their eyes and mouths to crawl over me, each one biting me with their paralyzing venom. 
a skeleton of a horse emerged from the doorway, but it was not a horse, a skeleton, just a combination of human skeletons in the shape of a horse. Hey, just like Earth saw. Mm-hmm. It ate Amundsen. at the priestess's flesh as she continued kicking and screaming and dangling. It took hours, hours of the biting of spiders and watching the mutated horse corpse nibbling her living flesh piece by piece like it was grazing at a pasture. Sure, she didn't see that. Thankfully. When I finally awoke, I knew right then that there would be no more long rests. I couldn't go that long without sleeping again, or I'd truly go mad with no return. That night, I found a pair of gnomish fellows drunk in the alleyway down in the outer Dura quarter. Smashed their heads against the brick, left them for dead. And I slept again for one night. Then the visions returned. No rest, only work to do. Anytime I resisted, I'd be consumed by the images and visions and memories of guilt and pain. Why me? Why was my mind broken? Why could no one help me? I slept on, I'm sorry, I killed another that night. A guard that was making his way home from his station. Figured a stronger foe might keep the visions away, but no, they returned even stronger that night. He didn't appear in my dreams, nor the gnomes from the night before, only the faces of those I knew, I respected, I had almost come to love. But there were so few people like that left. Then Sabine came to visit. He asked if I'd caught myself a woman yet, if I had plans of becoming a father soon. Thoughts hadn't even occurred to me in some months since since braids, though I know how important it is to ensure the gift of Dorne lasts through the ages. Only one child can inherit the intent in each generation, so siring the next heir was every bit as important for us as hunting dragons. Damn, That makes it sound like he might be related. Yeah, a direct line, but a different line? I don't know. I wonder if there's a place that records your lineage somewhere. Hmm. Again, that's... Like he said, his grandfather was one of the original 13, so whatever was done to all of them, I'd imagine it was like 13 different families that all pass it down. Yeah, that would make sense. Kind of like shifts around. Yeah. Yeah, so if the other guy was green, this bloke's blue, I'm... Red. All four seasons in fashion, red. Yeah, I would, I would imagine that's three of the different, maybe thirteen families. I see. Very, very true. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt myself. No, 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 it's good. Sometimes we get caught up in the story. Yes. Damn the dark six for their thievery against their brothers and sisters for cursing us to this fate. Ah, curse, curse, curse from the dark six. The host once had the power to save us from the endless fighting. Not a dream for the distant future, but an actual right now. Instead, we toil, and I will be at war for the rest of my days, my children for all their years to come. 
When I told Sabine I hadn't found a proper mate yet, he tried to hide his disappointment. But I know the self. He holds duty above all else, a perfect reflection of honor in the modern age, even as a knife ear. Our numbers already threatened to dwindle, with the daughter of Doran's firstborn hidden away from the world. I know this, but I tell him that I had whoa, plenty whoa, of whoa, time. Whoa. Daughter of Doran's? Yeah. Firstborn? So his firstborn would be Dol Gamesh, right? The one in your, the crazy one? Yes. So the daughter, hidden away, perhaps that's your direct line because you come from Dol Gamesh. So the daughter would be your great, 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 great grandmother, perhaps? Gotcha. Makes yes. sense. Why do their numbers threaten to dwindle, though? This ain't fucking enough. I guess they ain't. Don't, I mean, I'm trying. I guess I did say no to a few, few ladies. Maybe I should change that. Yeah. <sighs> Somehow smashing isn't what we ended up doing to that one gal that you were in love with, the orc lady. You know, it has to be a different type of smashing or <laughs> Smash harder. Got it. Yep. <laughs> All right, take it away. I know this, but I tell him that I had plenty of time. There was something in the way he acted that seemed suspicious, like he was digging for something else, but said nothing blatant. I swear his eyes were a deeper and brighter green than normal. He kept glancing over my shoulder. I assume at the state of my home that I hadn't cleaned in months. Anyway, he'd come to announce our next mission. A number of Dragonites, seven of us in total, were to help escort a delegation of ancient elves to a hidden palace in the Elfheim wood just north. A new home, he said, for these folk that would become a guiding beacon to elvenkind for millennia. Some call this blasphemy against the host, but it just seems overly contrived to me. We already have the wisdom of the host and those three wise folk to guide us. Why create your own hierarchy and distance yourself from the rest of us? It's in the start of the elven religion. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Isn't this exactly what Orion and others of the host warned us about? That true war is won by uniting while dividing the enemy? Is it just because elves want to follow their own kind? And if so, why wouldn't they just be content as vassals of Arwai or Balnor, like all the others I know? Claymore. <laughs> Seems stupid anyway, dividing yourself by race and looks rather than skill and intent. I may be, I may be human, but you don't see me donning the robes of Orion rather than the steel of Dol Dorn. Dwarves make the finest smiths in all the land. But most any metal worker follows... Onatar, all the same. On that topic, after the elves were to drop off our four dwarven kin north of the Scar Mountains, where they were to join the settlers and help protect against enemy incursions from across the churning depths. That was more straightforward to me, but dwarves are more straightforward people. Staunch allies and damn fine at building anything from mines to swords to homes and their long lives let them put great works into motion and still see their culmination. 
These four are good dragon knights and even finer people. And I expect their kin will serve the Northern shore well for centuries to come. On top of all this, we'd also have a force of four dozen soldiers that would be remaining in the North and even six mages, more than enough to handle any threat on the way there, but too many for magic to transport easily. So on horsepack and cart it would be, but the logistics blurred in my mind as all I could think of was how and when I could kill one of them to earn my rest again. We left only two days later and then everything became a miserable blur. 10 days to the new elven city of Shea Mordai, really just some ruins that used to be home to a clan of green dragon kind. We dropped off the dead weight and continued on. Odd folk, these elves. I can pick up from here, but there was probably a good amount of meat in that. There was some meat. The there. six mages. Mm-hmm. The ones that sealed them in the box. So it sounds like. Yeah, and I can yeah. finish this section if you want, Josh. <clears throat> yeah, it sounds like the six mages for sure. And I don't know, I kind of feel like they're actually filling up with people to get him. Protect everyone. They might be. Maybe. And then the four dragon knights. Scott, well, I guess we'll see how the story turns out. I'll take it away. Uh, also, this <laughs> the city that was just mentioned. Mm-hmm. She. Game no, or die? Yeah. Yep. I think that's one of the capitals of Alpha now. Pull up the city. I'm right. Not, not on the I, map, so I wouldn't know. Where the fuck I have these notes? Norwin, you would know that Shea Cardil is the capital of oh, yeah. Alfheim. However, mm-hmm. you, since you were were raised by Teledras, would know, though you don't know any de- details, Shea Mordai is the hidden Mm-hmm. capital and that is where the um oh my god what's the name of their elder council no there's a very specific name for the um undying 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 court. undying court there you go the undying yeah, court of elven kind yes and that's where many elves yeah. that prescribe to that or really anyone who prescribes to that we you know, that religion follows the Undying Court. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the major two religions of the West here. Those two. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're talking about not, you know, caring about what race or anything somebody is, he's killed a lot of dragonborn. I just sees them as, as writing them off as just enemies. Yep. I mean, yeah, he said they were new and his, he was at war with the dragons, so I can't imagine he had much sympathy for them. Yeah. So these, <clears throat> these mages might have been the, the Corsolutar Elfheim, which are the grand mages of the Corinthia. Could be it. So the six mages, 
are separate from the group of of old elves that they're bringing. Mm. So it's the dragon knights, the um, eight of them, I, I think it was, and the um, um, four dozen soldiers, the six um, mages, they're all heading heading north to the Scar Mountains, which you won't, we won't find out on the map either, by the way, but you can maybe infer things based on the name. Um, mm-hmm. And they're dropping off this contingency. It doesn't say a number, but this group of very old elves in this Shea Mordai place on the way. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not saying this is related, but what what is that the arcane conundrum that you wanted to see before we almost got assassinated again, Norman? Um, I definitely know that the arcane Mind if I can find it recently. Uh, Arcane Congress. Mm-hmm. Please. And they were something. My notes are a total shamble. There was, it was probably something that you had typed up to me. We don't have to find it right now either. I'm just wondering if perhaps the mages are tied to that. They're probably not, but it's something I just thought about. It was somewhere down here, I think, though. At least I think it wasn't anywhere up, up, up here. I was pointing on roll 20. Yeah, that is correct, Stephen. Um, actually, you were clicking very near um, Summer Night is right mm-hmm. there. That's that's where the, the the Arcane Congress is said to be headed, okay. and that mm-hmm. was a that is not was, but that it is the um, Magic Council um, of Sirmenea of the mm-hmm. court, the court city. Right. Mm-hmm. Not saying it is or isn't related to this, but. That's what I'm remembering. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, they were older than old, predating the hosts themselves, but something was off about them. Bit too pale, a bit too garish, bit too tall, ears a bit too long. Looking at them and Sabine at the same time was almost like looking at two different folk. But as soon as they said their goodbyes and walked into the ruins, I found myself not giving two shits about them anymore as I had once again fallen into the rhythm of sleepless nights. At least there were no visions this time, thank the host. So all I had to contend with were the nightmares. I welcomed the daylight and hard trek compared to campfires and bedrolls. I wouldn't call it a blessing, but perhaps a diminishment of my curse for reasons I cannot understand. Two weeks more before we arrived in the Scar Mountains, a handful of skirmishes along the way, but I never had a chance to swing my axe. Sabine had asked me to stay with him to protect the mages above all else, not that they needed much of that with as powerful as each seemed. I've demanded repeatedly that he swap me out with another knight so I could dirty my axe on the swamp trolls and goblins and dragonborn we come across. 
but he refused. I reminded him with harsh words that we were of equal rank and he had no power over me. But I found myself unable to move when I tried to join the fray. It would have been so, so easy for my axe to glance off the skull of a goblin and slip into the belly of one of the soldiers. I know now it wouldn't have earned me more than a night's sleep, but I would make any amount of rest over the exhaustion. But no, I was paralyzed from head to toe thanks to one of those mages. Two of them, in fact. Can you believe it? Savine did not only Savine not only giving me orders, but having his magic men take hold of me, I almost let my bloodlust rise within me then and there to take his fucking head, all of their heads. But even in my sleep-deprived delirium, I knew that I would be no match for them all. What's the point in earning rest if I'd be put in the mud or thrown in a dark cell with nothing but my own mind to keep me company? No, I could wait. Another few days or weeks or even months of torment, of sleepless nights, would be better than an eternity in prison. But it became clear in that moment, Sveen was the one. It was always him. It was what the monster, my own beating heart and broken mind, had wanted all along. He needed to die. The moment I realized this, there was a sudden giddy euphoria through my nerves. The sleep will be so good once he dies. I can feel it. I wonder if this was always my purpose. And if by killing him back in the steps, if I would have freed myself from this curse months ago. No matter. Dorn reminds us to fight for a better future rather than live in the past. And this is the reason he purged our minds to give clarity. We finally reached the Scar Mountains yesterday and made camp halfway up near a large crack that split the ridge. Sveen told me a story about how Dol Dorn had cut the mountains in two by accident during a battle. But when I asked him if it was true, he only chuckled and said, of course not. It was good to hear him chuckle, even a little. His easy laughter and friendly attitude had become aloof since the steps. I hate that I need to kill him, but if he's truly the final key to freeing myself when it isn't my duty to make sure the sacrifices, no, then it isn't my duty to make sure the sacrifices I see every night in my dreams are made worthwhile. Is it not the honorable thing to make sure the dead I've left in my wake were returned to the mud for a good cause? Anything else now would be a waste. I can feel that this is the right thing to do. And the dreams encourage me every night to do it. This is the last one. I, I'm sure of it. And then, finally, peace. Like freaking crawler? <laughs> Text? Yeah. I do find it interesting. Previously, he did not say it was Doldorn, but there he did. Mm -hmm. That created the steps. Oh, I think that was a that was a joke, right? Could have been. Yeah, who knows? Hard to say, really. I'm not sure if this is the person we want to take 100% to uh, their word of history. 
though this might be more accurate retelling in some ways. I think a lot, a lot more accurate. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm just given where this is going and the state of his mind. I'm just taking it with a grain of salt. Oh, his opinions are, are nut job. Mm-hmm. But the formation of the host, what they actually did, how they were treated, I think that that's real. Certainly unedited. Yes. And untarnished by time. So it's probably the best account that any have. Well, should we see the last bit he has to say? Yes. Make make sure you read that first sentence of that last paragraph that Rebecca read carefully so you're not mistaking two different things. Mm. I don't want to be... Mountain, not the steps. Thank you. That was mm. my fault. Oh, gotcha. Dornberg. Yep. Mm. Will remember, or Leah will remember them. You guys might not, but there is a big crack, big old cleft right, right through, and that's sort of where Dornberg was built around that. Oh yeah, easy mm-hmm. access to to the ore, the rich ore in the heart of the mountain, right there. So, this paragraph seems to be unrelated, unrelated to the, the steps. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll flat out say that. Just a fun little I, note. Yep. I appreciate that. I misread. I misunderstood. So, yeah. No worries. Okay. Same. Yeah. Happy to uh, do that. Um, is there anything else? I'm just trying to see anything else in that that you guys want to mention, or I can move right along. I just want to say the next font is your classic they went mad font. You use that for every mad person. First of all, I've only done it twice. Third of all, wait, no, I didn't even say I see all. you writing your own diary in this. This is how I know. <laughs> I've mastered <laughs> You know what? It's all going to be Comic Sans next time. That's how you know it's true madness. No, 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 no. Roll you your, be roll your save. Com- Comic Sans, Jokerman, and Windings. That's going to be what you guys get next time. Yep. You're not even going to use safe font, which is that one that's made out of condoms. What? Never heard of that one. <laughs> never, never heard of safe of font? Uh, look at the safe font at some point. This is a work computer. Um... <laughs> that's why you need protection. <laughs> I only use safe font, aren't you? Mm-hmm. All righty. Um, Yeah, okay. Here we go. Um, cool. Eighth of Ron, or the ninth, or maybe still the sixth. Time has lost all meaning. I already cannot remember the sun. Savine won, and in his victory I am lost. He dared to shed a tear for me when he looked back. A fucker. I will never forgive him. I hope he lives a long life with his wife and daughter and forgets about me. I am already forgetting him. I write this by the light of the the glowing runes with the last of my nib and soon the ink within my own veins. A last testament before I am truly lost and gone. I can feel the creature behind me even now. It breathes ice on my neck, though it needs not air. 
I have seen it in the dim light and dark, thrashing and wailing in anger. Its fury brings me joy and calms my mind enough to write this, but I know that it will not last long. Soon all will return to tormenting me, and with no possibility of earning sleep again, I know that it will feed off my pain until I am nothing more than a husk. Knowing it is real and not a figment of my imagination gives me more peace than all those restful nights of sleep the creature let me sample, like a sip of fine bourbon to a dehydrated alcoholic. Speaking of which, <laughs> it used me for my pain, my guilt, my anguish, and my regret. If I'd been man enough to admit my faults and take full ownership of them, perhaps it would have left me alone. But I always cowered behind excuses. Even now, it is difficult for me to write this, but I want any who may be cursed like me to understand that is its only weakness. True regret, without excuses, without pleading, without blame. It feeds on a guilty conscience, but only takes a host it predicts will not take full responsibility for his actions. Will always find reason for his behavior. It offers him what he needs and doles it out in diminishing quantities until there is nothing left but the black void within. I've come to terms with myself in this place of darkness and cold. I ended up in a cell with my nightmares anyway, just as I had always feared most. And to be put in here by my oldest friend and ally, it is enough to drive any man mad. But in this brief moment of lucidity, while the creature raves and before it tortures me and breaks me finally, I write this. Savine said there was something within the cleft in the ridge, some beast that would make a fine meal for the knights like the old days. They all said they missed me at Belenor's hunt the month before. And since none of us would be in Sharn for Boldre's feast this year, it was only proper. We have a little friendly competition to see who could fell the creature. We split into three teams, uh, let's say of two, sorry, three teams of two and descended into the caverns while the mages and soldiers stayed at camp. I could see no tracks or evidence of the creature, but Savine and others swore they'd seen it skulking around the stone shelves, a gray render or an umber hulk perhaps. Fine prizes and rare to find above ground, though the meat would be tough. But I didn't care about the hunt or the prize or the sport. This was my opportunity. I asked Savine to be my partner and he agreed. The plan was set into motion too easily, so easily I should have seen it. But all I could think of was the sweet sleep that night and the end of this pain. I was convinced that killing that killed Savine, oof, killing Savine would put an end to the nightmares <laughs> and seeing the faces every single night. Hey, the guy's gone mad. His misspellings <laughs> and poor grammar is lot logical. Makes sense. Um, now I realize I was wrong anyway. The creature would never have left me while I was in such while I was such a good source of violence, pain, misery, guilt, and regret. We slipped and went three different directions. Sabine and I heading down one narrow pathway in the stone. A tight fit for my larger frame, but that wiry elven body it was like a cat that could slip through the smallest of cracks. 
My lantern only gave the smallest bit of light from my hip as I groped blindly through the crack and hoped for an opening where I could make my, make my move. I've had to, I'd, I'd have to make it look like claws or teeth and blame it on some beast and just hope that if the creatures was found by the others, it would match the wounds. But by the host, I was so far gone at this point, the details were less important than the necessity of performing the act. As I crawled through the crevice, I began to see the faces of those I'd killed in the stone, their hands coming from rock to touch my face. Even now, I do not know if this was a vision from the monster that haunts me, or it was my own delirium. When we emerged, I saw Savine standing illuminated by his own lantern, and now I remember noticing that his eyes were deeper green and brighter than normal. At the time, I thought nothing of it but now I understand. He led me down another crevice and down another crack, always staying just far enough ahead that I could not reach him with my ax. I dared not have a true fight with the elf. Though I was not afraid of losing a duel against him, the sounds and wounds would surely warn the others to the truth. Nope, it had to be a surprise, a single blow to the spine or head from the back. Dishonorable. Doldorn's spirit thrummed agitation within me, and I could feel the blight of the mockery on my very soul. Sovereign of betrayal and bloodshed, brother of Dolara and Doldorn, how fitting that in the end I would find myself in his thrall. Finally, we came to an open space, some natural cavern. Savine dimmed his light and warned me to do the same leaving us two beacons in expanse that the sun had never touched. A perfect place for a dark deed. As I crept up to him, Greatax calmly on my shoulder like normal. I asked him what he was looking at. Some tall pillar of dark stone that reflected the light like something unnatural. Indeed, he did peer at it with such intensity. It would be so easy... I lowered my lantern to the ground and stepped closer and closer, my heart beating even faster, raised my axe. He turned suddenly toward me, but his brighter-than-usual eyes did not look at me. They looked over my shoulder, just like that time in my room. And then he looked at me and he spoke. I'm sorry, my friend. Everything happened so quickly. I swung my axe, but it stopped. My body froze again, paralyzed. Sabine dropped a paper at my feet and then ran away. And I swear there was a sad glint in his eyes. Tears? Light suddenly blossomed in the cavern, and I saw it was nearly 80 feet across in any direction and 20 feet, 25 feet high. A pillar of obsidian was in the very center, and parts of the floor and ceiling were the same material. How hadn't I noticed the floor changing beneath my very feet? Around the edges of the space were my brothers in arms, the other dragon knights that had joined this party. And intersped between them were six mages. Interspersed between them were the six mages. Their hoods were all lowered, and I saw a myriad of expressions on all their faces. Disdain, joy, sadness, spite, but mostly pity. I felt all their eyes on me, and I hated it. 
It was like they could all see through to my soul and this place of beaming light only intensified my sins in contrast. And then as they chanted in unison, I saw the obsidian walls rise from the ground. It took only seconds before it slammed shut with a deafening crack of glass on glass. I could move again, but my axe did nothing to the smooth inside. My cleaver bounced around the room ineffectually. I screamed at the top of my lungs, cursing Savine and the others as traitors to their own kind. But I can see now I was the only traitor. As the runes flared up and lit the chamber with their dim glow, I got my first look at the creature since leaving home. It was still wrapped in shadows and gauze, taller even than me, but far more willowy and it prodded at the corners with long fingers. It flitted in and out of existence and ex inspected every facet of the room. Only then did it screech. My bones chilled and my skin prickled, but whenever I grabbed my axe or tried to stick it with a sky anchor, it would just vanish from my sight again. A tremendous sound came from all sides of the prison, like thousands of tons of stone being dropped. A cave-in, an elegant solution to ensure that none would find me for millennia, if not more. I remember the paper that Savine had dropped at my feet when I was paralyzed. I found it and read it. I imagine anybody that finds this account will likewise find his final note to me. And thus I find myself here, hours later, scribbling my final testament like the madman I am can already feel its claws digging into my mind. It is angry and hungry. I'm sure I will give it what it wants now that I'm its only plaything. I will resist it, for resilience is the heart and shield of Dorne. I hope this creature will starve in here after it's done with me. If you are reading this, then you have opened this prison, and I only ask, pray that you killed a monster if it does still exist. For none, not even the most wicked like myself, deserve this fate. Even now I can see braids crawling toward me from the darkness. It begins. Goodbye, Sabine, and thank you. For what it's worth, I do forgive you. Not that it was my forgiveness that was ever needed. Hmm. And I'll finish it up here. The letter from Savine is tucked in. I'm in a much mm -hmm. different hand, much um, flowing script. This guy's not insane. <laughs> he's not killer, so he's got his brain. A letter from Savine. My friend, I'm so sorry. If you are reading this, then I was unable to save you. Decisions were made from those higher than me, and in a timeline that was too quick for me to do anything more. Please know that I do not blame you for anything that you've done, though you have every right to blame me for the actions that I have taken thusly. The monster that torments you is called a him. It is an undead creature of pure malice that feeds on guilt and pain and violence and all sorts of negative emotion. It feeds off one such target until it can bear no more than it kills it or lets it kill itself before moving on. The acolytes of Orion have been following the trail of one such creature for years now, but it is difficult. 
the creature can slip in and out of the ethereal plane in an instant, and even when on the prime with us mortals, it can walk through solid material without impedance. It is also smart, which is, its, which is the biggest problem. If it knows that it has been discovered, it will simply kill its current host and move on to the next, which is why it has been so difficult to capture. I only learned all of this after I shared my concerns about you with, with Father Karovka. Your behavior in the sovereign steps worried me, especially the way that you never seem to rest more than a couple days during the, during the day, a couple hours during the day. <laughs> but then after each unfortunate death, you slept like a babe. I knew that you were seeing things and your nightmares were getting worse and worse. I don't even think you realize that each night during the past few weeks, you awoke in our tent drenched in sweat and mumbling. But it was Father Karovka that recommended me to the acolytes. And they that informed me of this creature. But we still had no proof until after that poor priestess was found dead. You likely do not know this, but the priests have a spell that allows them to speak with the deceased for a short time. Her corpse told us all that we needed to know. But the question now was what to do. Imprisoning you conventionally would have stopped the immediate deaths and perhaps saved your life. Then the creature could have wreaked further havoc in other cities for years to come. We know that these hymns can be killed with enough magical force, but the creature needs to manifest in the prime material for us to hunt it. And for that to be forced, it requires the host to feel true repentance for its action. This is difficult. For those the creature binds itself to are not prone to such self-reflection. And as I said, if it sees that the host knows the truth, it will simply kill all that it can and then move on to the next target. I demanded one last attempt to free you from its clutches and insisted that there had to be a way to get proof of its existence rather than this being more mundane illness of the mind that we could help you through. So one of the mages cast a spell on my eyes that allowed me to see the truth of all things even those hidden on the border ethereal. And then I visited your home. The creature was there, plain as day to me, looming just beyond your shoulder. It cannot hear us through the boundaries of the plains, but it could see us just as I could see it. That was the final piece of evidence. There was no turning back. In the end, the decision was not made by me, but I did have a say in it formation. The blood of your fellow knights was important to the seal that these six mages had designed years ago if they were able, able to track the hymn and trick it. Only the blood of one of us can unseal it in case some other solution is ever determined in the distant future and you yourself can be raised. A slim hope, yes. But I live my life based on the hope that the sovereign host has given us. I pray that their mercy will be enough to save your soul, though I take full responsibility for damning you in this way. I am sorry that you are trapped within this prison with the creature. These walls block all travel by magic or ethereal means and not even air can pass through. So I lament to say that your time is now numbered in mere days. You do not have to forgive me, but I hope you can understand. Your sacrifice will save hundreds of lives to come, perhaps thousands or even millions. 
Thank you for being so strong as to resist the creature's influence. My understanding from the acolytes of Orion is that a normal person can only last a few weeks before completely succumbing and being captured, killed, or taken their own lives. You are anything but normal, Davinor Rayclius. And though your propensity for violence and bloodshed may have been more than my own taste, I know that your grandfather and father would be proud. The acolytes will not let us record our history or present for the future, but I promise you this. I will remember you. My daughter will remember you. And when she has grown and leads the people of the Oracle Forest to whatever hopefully brighter future is out there, know that your memory will be passed down through my bloodline. Rest well, weary soldier. I hope that in the end, you get the sleep you deserved. Signed, Saveneste Crescentis Kachana. Hot damn. That explains why he knew what he knew in that last paragraph entry. What do you mean? Well, in his... In his last entry, he was talking as if he knew what this creature was all of a sudden. And this letter. Oh, because the, the letter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. Oh, shit. That was a lot of information. That was a lot of information. I wonder if we could find the kin, the generations from this elf, and see what they know considering he said my daughter will remember you and will be passed down and spoken oracle forest oracle forest i thought that might have been alfheim but they then talked about would that be the moonwald it might be the moonwald and so maybe when they had the wars over that territory something happened there but Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not even the Moonwald. They did give one directional hint to where what the Oracle Forest, where the Oracle Forest was, earlier on. I think they said north, didn't they? Could have been north of the Sovereign Steps. North of the Steps. Oh, Oracle Lake. <laughs> so maybe it was in the war that was Loth and the Raven Queen. Yep, scoop a duped out. That used to be a forest. And Earth's gonna just do that into the bowl of goat stew that Norwin's obviously not gonna eat as he obviously. Scoopy doopy. Do we remember did, did, did the scoop go somewhere? What do you mean? Was the scoop the the thing that is no longer there, did that go somewhere? Like the land and stuff? Yeah, so did it just disappear? My assumption is that probably scooped into the shadow fell, considering everything looked like a scoop there, but I could be wrong. That's just what I'm filling in with my brain. Well, you see how Hildheim and Northbridge there, the northwest part of the Oracle Lake? Mm -hmm. That could just be what she scooped out. I mean, I don't know how her magic worked. She created a passage through hell. Maybe she just obliterated it into nothingness, into void. 
then you wouldn't call it a scoop. Mm, like scoop eat. of ice cream still disappears. And it's yeah, yet you a have scoop. To eat it. Maybe something else ate it. She was fat as the starry lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a possibility that it might still exist somewhere. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I'm not oh, saying I'm... that's that's it. I'm just saying that's a possibility. Because mm-hmm. it could be what is now the glitter wood. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. But... Mm. but that's kind of a ways off. From what was the direction? North. Something. North. Yeah. North of the Sovereign Steps, though, north right? Of the sovereign Steps. So technically, the north of, is north of where they were, because they were intersecting with a caravan coming south from the Oracle Forest. So you're not sure exactly where they were in the Sovereign Steps, but based on the timeline, you can guess they weren't super far north, like in. Garland territory because there's not enough time to get there and back. Okay. You can just tell us. I'll I'll <laughs> say that your your thoughts about the Oracle Lake and the Oracle Forest are good. There we go. Whether or not it went somewhere or it's gone, that's a question <clears throat> that you guys can ask. And a wind back to the Shadowfell we go. <laughs> No, 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 no. We gotta go under the water. The forest is at the bottom of the lake. It became Atlantis. Hold your breath, Annie. Here we go. You're going alone. Drink a potion. Don't die. <laughs> I'll 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 be back in the dome. I'll be there. You can you can come visit me. There's a there's a connection here. That it's 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 there. You guys might need to stretch your minds a little bit, but it'd be an interesting connection if you make it. I can give a hint. It's in the Feywild or something. Uh, it's like, not It's not specifically about where this earth went or, or anything. Oh, okay. Forget about that. Forget about that. Okay. But a connection about the Oracle Forest Lake, that stuff. You guys have been talking your way around it without directly say, saying it. Remember the previously he was mentioning stuff about Drow. Right? Yeah. Um, some, uh... They're from like the Blight, which was scooped out too. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that what you're getting at? The big war with Wolf. Right, exactly. So you guys had mentioned, okay, so if, if this idol was Wolf, um, then she was newly born or recently born, according to Dav- Davinor's thing, this you know, mm-hmm. da- daughter, his new daughter, right? Now, how so the Raven Queen was recently born too with scrolls and everything. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if she Well, the, the, the scrolls have supposedly already been used as well. Unless he's saying that this daughter was... The Raven, Raven Queen. Queen. Which daughter? The daughter, the daughter of, of Sabine. Sabine. Mm-hmm. Norwin, you would know this. I wanted you to get there yourself. But I was. I had a hint ready. Look at Savine's last name. Does it look familiar at all? In general, in a general sense? Yes, it does. Petreva? Yeah, it looks like one of the 
Elvish clans. We've never talked about this before because it wouldn't make sense, but you would know and you uniquely would know that Kachona is the clan of the want to guess? Raven. Yeah. Raven. That's a good guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's good. I thought it looked really similar, but I just couldn't place it. <laughs> that helps yeah. you place timelines and events in history mm -hmm. that you've never been able to place before. Mm. Interesting. So that, that's interesting. So if that was, if that was the case, and that daughter was, I came right between that, she was made by her. It was, was Raven Queen? Did we do we know what her, her lineage was? Uh, she was Elven, yeah. Okay. In all right of then. the visions I had when I was speaking with her, she was young and Elven. Okay, then that would definitely track. Huh. Except for the one where she appeared as an older woman, but I think part of that was to comfort me since I was so used to Mother Superior. Yes. Well, that's insane. Well, we're connected. Just red strings every freaking way. Oh. My head hurts. <laughs> oh, I think we need to drink more and think upon this and talk over breakfast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. Yeah. Once you're gonna get some shutter anyway. I might perform, let it all out. Ultimately, at this point, if we're gonna stay here, it doesn't necessarily matter when. Yeah, you gonna play us out, Annie? I definitely can, and we can chat if that's okay. I don't wanna stop talks. That's the thing, but. Well, like I said, that was a lot of information for my tiny little brain. Yeah. How many freaking pages was that? 26. Holy crap. So I'm one guy up there working the wheel, so. Takes a while for everything to process. You have a whole guy up there? Keeps things moving. My little hamster's trying. <laughs> well as is being alluded to here that's a lot of information this was a very unconventional um D, D session which is kind of nice that we had a second like it's like an extra se session we had is good because i was like this is very unconventional but i figured it'd be fun in its own way um i imagine you guys will Maybe you'll read parts or whatever else and come back with other thoughts. Hey, I thought about this as I was rereading, and that's fine. If you don't, I don't, I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. um, next time, obviously, we'll pick up and probably plow on forward with whatever combos you guys want. Last chats here in Dornberg, and I think it's about time that we get moseying on. Um, but, Annie, do you want to, as Earth said, play us out to tonight's session? As you guys are all kind of sitting there wheeling over this um you've spent a good solid two hours doing this at this point oh in time god. oh my god mm -hmm.
Yeah. So um, there's now a good 40 people in here um, drinking and and eating what whatever leftovers there are um, waiting for this performance, this this show from a traveling bard about the heroes of Dornberg um, to play. And we'll end on that. So Annie, I'm going to stop talking and you tell everybody here what you do and how exactly you do it to wrap up the, up the night. After which we'll assume that Earth looks into the, the jar, passes out upstairs, and you guys all digest this information and food and drink the rest of the night. So I would pull out my dulcimer, pluck a few notes to get myself reacquainted, and then immediately move into telling the tale of killing Red Jack, except in my tale, he was in the ballroom, and to entice him to be near us, Earth dressed up in a ball gown and offered to waltz with him, because that's what Jack likes. And you'd be waltzing around... And you would stab him and he'd go, oh, that was a nice prick, please, yet another, and continue <laughs> dancing until you killed him in that fashion. <laughs> uh, I like it. <clears throat> the spectral mist-like him- images, indistinct, but you can still tell it's, you know, a short dwarf, stocky, strong-looking, tangled head of hair that fades oh, to mist. And Jack was in his nightgown as well. And this tall, hulking man, almost twice the smaller one's height, <laughs> and they do a com- comical dance around with an occasional. Ooh! And then, uh, <laughs> Every time that happens, I I pound my mug on the table and say, "Thank you, sir. May I have another?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> first, we could literally reenact this, Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. At first, the 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 onlookers, the townsfolk, are like. This, was this true? And then as they kind of get into it, it's like, do I liberate her? <laughs> Same guy. And people like mm-hmm. get into it and mead flows and copper is thrown. On I rolled an 18, stage. by the way. 18 plus your 15 or whatever? No, nope, 3 plus 15. It was a ro- low roll. Well, fortunately, these people still here are used to trash. So eight, mm-hmm. 18 is still... Um, traveling minstrel you know maybe not as good as like you know a master bard would be but these people are just happy to have any stories so about halfway through your tale they just start (laughs) yeah fuck that guy and they just like get really into it and give you slaps on the on the back earth um suddenly pretty cozy with you i guess seeing uh, hearing a story about you in a ball ball gum look good that dress don't i yep and then <laughs> i'm going to bring in all of the sons of red jack and it's going to be like a british show where it's like do 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 with the doors opening of her <laughs> chasing them but i want all of them oh, in yeah. gowns too like <laughs> that's, it is that's a very well needed levity here and it goes from people you know, shocked to cheering to just laughter and guffaws and saying, ah, they must not been that hard. If this is how this, I'll be, well, let's see you put on a ball gun and try and take him down. <laughs> yeah, he'd be the one giving you the pricks over and over again. And just um, a good solid 20 minutes here of a tail spun over a fight that lasted less than 60 seconds um, woven into this wonderful tapestry and images and everybody here is just pounding drinks and you can tell that um poor hilda here is going to have to have a nether nether shipment sent over because uh 
people are drinking her out of house home, but copper is thrown at her. She has a, a sack full of copper. Um, there's a good amount of that thrown at, at you, Annie. Frankly, probably an insignificant amount. Um, these people don't have any more than copper to throw at you now. So if you want to jot down one gold, it's probably about what you'd get from these people, no matter I'm what. I'm more wondering what my reputation would be. That's my main goal. Yeah, we'll take a look. If you rolled and uh, we'll, we'll do the rep rep reputation, you, you and me um, offline here, um, just come Perfect. up today or tomorrow, whatever, and we'll look at that. But that'll be easy to calculate. You did do a big service for the town, so that's going to make yep. things go up. So we'll have to calculate out the numbers and see what your reputation is here. Perfect. And yeah, you, you guys are all, you know, full of drink, full of food. Um, oh, Earth, you for sure tired as hell. And um, any, it's 11 o'clock right now, but any last words or moments you want to go or what should we um, pick up next time? I think then we'd all go to bed, right? Pick up at breakfast. Well, we have like, like you and I at least have like four hours before bed at least. I would Not just more. play and drink. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll try to rate our sleep schedules. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Earth's going to be looking into the um, the jar and pass note and getting a full, long sleep to him. It's only an hour, but it gives you the full rest of a, a, a normal eight hours. And mm -hmm. when, when you do eventually come to, you'll have a ton of dreams, but all of them fucking great. And um, whatever you want to say. Well, those people I killed. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely dreams. Lovely. Yeah. Horses nibbling at them. Yeah. Bone horses. All right. Well, well, we'll end there. Thanks, everyone, for indulging me. Like I said, a lot of information here. I mean, there's a lot of reading and words, so I'm sure your brains are going in haywire. Um, but it was very good. I enjoyed thank it. Thank you. It was, yeah, it was a great yeah. story. But mm -hmm. man, after after like so much information, my brain's just like, oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that figured that what had happened. So feel mm -hmm. free to look at parts or skim it again. And if there's things you want to bring, bring, bring back and say, we didn't mention this, but what about this or whatever else? Cause mm -hmm. I'm sure as a party, even during our travels, we would be re pulling things out, re pouring over them, re talking mm -hmm. about it. So hey guys, I've been thinking about this for a few weeks, whatever happened with blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Hey Norwin, what was that one sentence where it was like, blah, 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 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. There's only yeah. a, pretty small number like five or so things that we didn't directly talk talk about that i thought were interesting points that you might but again whether that's because you were like oh. eh, it's not as interesting as i really cared about or you just didn't have time or your brain couldn't handle it that's and it's not a mock because only five things out of the many i put in there is not a lot so feel free to look and to digest and bring up new things there were things that you learned here that weren't common knowledge to the average person mm -hmm. for sure yeah, Leo, can you assist me? No, I'm good. Are you sure? You were going, oh, just a no, moment I'm ago. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking at the map now, so I'm good. Okay. Let's think about something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, besides that that last big um big um hint tidbit about the um sorry lady um, raven raven queen connection that 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 was when i was like you guys were talking around i was like i just want to give them this thing because it's pretty obscure mm -hmm. and you were talking around it so much i'm like i just want to give them this so mm -hmm. 
Not that it matters much, but it's kind of like, I just like cool hints that flesh out, you know. Well, we we kind of assumed when we heard the story of the lady making, like, scooping out the blight in the first place, that was Oracle Lake. Mm -hmm. So, like, to get the detail now of, like, Oracle Forest and who she actually was, like, yeah, yeah. And now it's Oracle Lake, yeah. Mm -hmm. The connection Mm -hmm. of Savine's daughter being the the starry lady and whatever else was a thing that was a little bit, I didn't think you, I didn't know if you would actually grab that, but he kept on talking about her being a guiding light for the next generation mm-hmm. and Davenor is saying next generation is going to be as fucked as the, as the, this one mm-hmm. is thanks to the dark six and the host yeah. and all that stuff so uh so you're yeah. telling me the raven queen can do what i can do she's a dragon knight she's a dragon knight well, only one from each gen- from each generation gets to inherit it so whether or not she was one of them you uh. don't know but you oh, i thought remember- we meant she was a dragon knight like a pokemon I didn't even <laughs> I will say that or you would remember the um Raven when the when the, the, the Raven Queen was dead. Um mm-hmm. the Raven when you guys were all there for like 10 days, remember I said the Raven kept looking at you very, very intent- intently. Cause you have a lot of souls in you. It could have just gobbled up and maybe would have come come back like that. But that would have been very odd for you, but you didn't do it. In fact, I remember you explicitly saying, Stop looking at me, bird. <laughs> eat the sword instead. I'm like, That's fine. I'll, I'll eat a sword. I'll eat, yeah. I'll eat you souls either way. Done. All right. Mm-hmm. On, on that note, thanks again for indulging me in this. Hopefully, it was good. You guys all have this now to pour over if you care to. Nothing that's mm-hmm. going to change the game going forward, but just good good detail and hints and, mm-hmm. and tricks for the world in the background. And next time, we'll start off with whatever things from here you guys in character want to want want to discuss. And and Earth, you guys all waking up from your long slumber, getting back on sleep schedule, and saying your goodbyes to town and heading out to your next step. It'll be a good action-packed episode. I'm mm-hmm. expecting month or um Tuesday is our target for next week. Mm-hmm. unless something happens and we're like last minute I think it's going to work out but let's aim for Tuesday no, yep. that's the goal Sounds good. awesome thanks I'm everyone looking at my work calendar and actually every single one of my bosses is out starting next Monday so I should have nothing in the way of work next week Tuesday it is then unless catastrophic things which frankly could, could always happen no matter I'll what I'll let you know Yep. sounds good love you guys peace yep. night bye, bye.